I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. We're talking about entering into intercession, intercessory prayer, and particularly the spiritual warfare aspect of intercessory prayer. And here it's easy to go wrong. And uh, I just want to kind of lay out the, the situation. The first thing that the first aspect of intercession, the primary aspect of intercession, is not the spiritual warfare as such. It is ruling and reigning with Christ in such a way that we come into God's presence and we, we come to know his will. We open ourselves up to him and he reveals us his will through his word, through his spirit. And then the intercessor brings the will of God to, to, into the earth. And so all the blessings of God have already been obtained through Jesus' intercession on the cross. On the cross, Jesus obtained every spiritual blessing of life and victory for, for us and for uh, people. And he now has a, also an ongoing ministry of intercession because he ever lives to make intercession for us. Praise God. So he's continually releasing the life of the Holy Spirit to those who would receive and in Christ, we share his intercessory ministry because we also are a kingdom of priests. He's the high priest. We are priests. And we, in Christ, we share in this intercessory ministry of releasing all that he's paid for on the cross. Every blessing of life in the Holy Spirit. We can step into that place, identify with him from the throne of God, and we release that blessing of life into the earth. And so the job of the intercessor is to bring God's will, God's kingdom from heaven into the earth through taking our place. We, we receive it in our heart and we release it through our prayers and through our words. But the secondary aspect of intercession is the spiritual warfare aspect because we are bringing God's will into the earth by releasing the power of his Holy Spirit through our prayers, but it is into a world system that is organized against God. The Bible talks about it as the darkness of this world that's controlled by the kingdom of darkness, by Satan and his principalities and powers, and they are arranged to resist the will of God. And so as we are bringing the will of God to pass in the earth through our prayers, there is a spiritual resistance. We are releasing God's power against that resistance. Now, the power of darkness is nothing compared to the power of the, of the kingdom of God, of the light. Um, and as long as we are releasing God's will into the earth like that, the light overcomes the darkness. But the moment we stop praying, the darkness comes back. And the Bible says that the, these principalities and powers that are ruling this world system, they operate in an organized authority sense. There's principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and they operate through the men and women of this world, and particularly through kings and those in authority. And so they influence the darkness of this world through the authority structures of man. And therefore, 1 Timothy 2 says it is essential that we pray, first of all, for kings and those in authority. So we release the light of God, the influence of God, the power of God for those in authority. And if we can do that, then their decisions 
will be influenced by God and the effect of the principalities and powers will be minimized. But if we don't pray for those in authority, then the principalities and powers can impose their darkness through the, the, the kings of this earth and that darkness then will be very strong and it will be hard for us to preach the gospel under those circumstances. So we've got to understand that there is a spiritual kingdom of darkness arraigned against the will of God. And so there is an, an aspect of spiritual warfare in our intercession. Now, one mistake that is made by some that get this, a revelation of this is that they think that we are now to, to make it our primary thing in intercession is to come against principalities and powers and we start making war on, you know, territorial spirits and we try and pull down these angels from their positions, we're pulling down strongholds, pulling down these angels from their positions and, and so on. And that actually is, is misguided. Our role as intercessors, and you don't see that commanded in the Bible for us to do that. Our role actually is to find the will of God and to pray the will of God into the earth, either in our own language or, or speaking in tongues. And when we do that, what happens is we are releasing the power of God and we will, there will be a spiritual conflict because Satan and his principalities and powers will try and resist that. But as long as we take our stand in intercession, the victory is assured. Um, we saw last time that in Daniel did this. Uh, Daniel prayed in Daniel chapter 10. And Daniel's prayers, um, as he prayed, it says, for four, 21 days, the angel that came in answer to his prayer at the end of 21 days, um, he says, from the first day, Daniel, that you started praying, your words were heard, and I came because of your words. In other words, Daniel's prayers released the angels of God. Your intercessions, you pray the will of God on the earth. You have been given that position on the, of authority on the earth. You hear God's will as it is decreed in heaven, and you take your position on earth and decree it onto the earth. That actually you provide that authority, and that releases the angels of God and the Spirit of God to bring. God's will to pass. And that sets up a spiritual warfare in the heavenlies. And that's what happened when Daniel prayed. And he was praying for the restoration of his nation and, and the events leading up to the Messiah. And as soon as he started praying, the angel was released. And the angel got into the spiritual battle. We don't fight hand-to-hand -hand with angels, but the angel got into a spiritual battle and it says the king the prince of the kingdom of persia withstood me so there was a prince over the persian empire that that now the gabriel got into battle with and he was energized through the spirit released by the prayers of daniel daniel of course didn't know what was going on but he was praying the will of god but that was releasing things in the heavenlies and the prince of Persia withstood Gabriel 21 days. And then, for, praise God, Daniel continued to stand in that place of prayer. And I'm sure he came under a lot of spiritual pressure just to quit. I'm sure Satan was whispering in his ear, to give up, it's not working, nothing's happening. And, but he kept on praying. And through his prayer, reinforcements were released. And Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help him. And Michael is the prince over Israel, as it says in Daniel 12.1. He says he's the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, Daniel. And so he, and then it says, 
Michael came to his rescue for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. In other words, there was a, a Persian prince, but also there were kings of Persia, which were over all the main cities of Persia. So Satan has this organized hierarchy that is trying to control the affairs of men through the rulers of men, human rulers. And if we don't pray at all, if Daniel wouldn't have prayed, Satan would have had his way and he would have con controlled the situation. But because Daniel prayed, he released the power of God, he released the angels of God, and they, and they had victory in the spiritual realm over the princes and, uh, of Persia. And that actually affected then the world events that happened. First of all, there was a decree, the Cyrus Decree, because the authority was influenced by God, Cyrus then released the Israelites to start going back and back to the land, which was necessary for the coming of the Messiah later on. And then we find out later in Daniel chapter 10 that, in fact, uh, there's a, the prince of Persia is, is defeated again. And as a result, the prince of Greece is going to take his place. And that then played itself out in human history by the Greek empire conquering the Persian empire. But the spiritual battle was won first. Daniel didn't exactly fight the spiritual battle in terms of physically fighting among angels, obviously. But his prayer released the angels into action. And so we are not called, you know, to focus our warfare on trying to pull down angels from their positions. But we are called to pray the will of God into the earth. And that releases the power of God, and that changes things in the spiritual realm, which then changes things in the natural realm, and God's will is done. So there is a warfare involved. Um, we see it most clearly, this angelic situation of principalities and powers in Ezekiel 28. Here the word of the Lord comes again, saying, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre. So here's the prince of Tyre, and this is a man. He, he says, because your heart's lifted up and you say, I'm a God, I sit in the seat of gods in the midst of the seas, yet you are a man and not a God. So this is the human ruler of Tyre. And he is um, condemned for having a proud heart. And then in verse 9 it says, you, th you think you're a God, but you shall be a man and not a God in the hand of him who slays you. But then in verse 11 it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre. So there, we've seen the prince of Tyre that's a man. Now there's the king of Tyre. Say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. And he goes on to describe an angelic being, not a man. For instance, it says, On the day that you were created, in verse 13, You were the anointed cherub who covers I established you. Verse 15, you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. So this is not a man, actually. This is, this is Satan. And he's called the king of Tyre. So above the human authority is the angelic authority. And that tells us there's a spiritual kingdom above the kingdoms of men. And then in our prayers to get God's will established in the earth... We come against the spiritual um, resistance of this, this kingdom of darkness that is trying to control mankind, particularly through the rulers of mankind. And therefore, that's why we must strategically focus our prayers on those in authority rather than just criticizing them. 
because if we bring God's influence to bear on the rulers, that limits the extent to which the, the spirits of darkness can, can actually control our nation. And so there's a spiritual battle that needs to take place. Psalm 103 says we have a vital place in this battle because we have authority on the earth. And, and so Psalm 103, 19 says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. So the Lord rules from heaven. Bless the Lord, all you angels who excel in his strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Now, obviously, when God speaks from heaven, he releases angels. But at the other end of that, it's not just enough that God decrees his will in heaven. For his will to come to pass on the earth, he must find a man who can speak, believe and speak his will into the earth. Because authority on earth has been given to man. And so when in our intercession we, we receive the will of God and we speak the word of God and we pray the will of God, what's happening is that, we, uh, that the angels now are activated to, it says that they heed the voice of his word. So even when his word is spoken from a human mouth, the angels now are released to fulfill his word. And so as soon as we pray God's will into the earth, the Holy Spirit and the angels of God are now authorized, are, are released to bring that to pass on the earth. And there will be a spiritual battle over that. But as long as we stay in that place of prayer, they will, they will, the victory is assured. But sometimes it can take a time. In Daniel's case, it took 21 days before that spiritual battle was won in the heavenlies. And then the earthly result was assured. And the events took place on earth according to God's will. And it was Daniel was the key in praying those things through. And so there's a, there's a tremendous uh, spiritual battle taking place. But our place is to take our stand. We release mighty power. Now, Ephesians is, a, is the key uh, book on this. Because in Ephesians chapter 1, he first of all says, I pray that you might have a revelation of the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. In other words, there is a mighty power of God that is available to believers for their, for their lives, but also for their intercessions. And when we pray, we release this mighty power. And he goes on to say what kind of power it is. It is the power that was he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and raised him far above all principality and power and made him to sit far above in the heavenly places. In other words, this power has already been released in Christ and caused him to totally overcome all principalities and powers. So the power of God that's available to us, that we can release through our prayers, has already defeated principalities and powers. They can't resist that power. And so if we will simply just release the power of the Holy Spirit, it automatically overcomes principalities and powers. They have no defense over that. It was already released in Christ, giving him the victory. And it says that in chapter 2, he says, this power, even when we were dead in Christ, dead in sins, he made us alive together with Christ, raised us up together with Christ, and made us to sit together with Christ. So that power was automatically 
was released in our spirit when we were born again and we are risen with Christ. So in the spiritual warfare, we're not trying to win the victory. We're already in a place of victory. That power has raised us far above those principalities and powers. We're in a place of authority above them. Praise God. And now he says in Ephesians 3.20 that we can release this power through prayer. He says, now to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church. And so God's invested this power of the Holy Spirit in us who believe, that same power that raised Christ from the dead, that overcame principalities and powers, and through our prayer, that power is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we can ask or think. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, he applies that to our personal lives because he immediately says, Therefore, I beseech you to walk worthy of the call with which you were called. And chapter 4 and chapter 5 is all about our personal lives, how we can walk in victory in the, through this power of God that's been made available to us. As we walk in the Spirit, that power causes us to be to, to, to live that wonderful Christian life. And, he, and that goes all the way through to chapter 6, verse 9. And then in chapter 6, verse 10, he now says, Finally, brethren, I want you to release that power in your intercessions, in your prayers, in the spiritual warfare. Don't just look at your own life now. Let God use you in the nation. Let God use you uh, in intercession. And that's when he says in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's the same thing in his mighty power. Be strong in that. And this whole section now, all the way up to verse 20, is essentially about prayer. It's about intercession. And he says, first of all, be strong in the power. Know your power. Be strong in that power because we are fixing to pray. We are fixing to release that power in prayer. And the whole passage is connected and it's leading up to verse 18 where he says praying with all kinds of prayer. And in that prayer you are releasing that power of God. But there's a spiritual warfare involved. So you find the, the will of God, you release the, the blessing of God, you're fulfilling the work of an intercessor by releasing what Jesus has made available through the cross. And he says... Be strong in that power because that's the key thing. You're releasing that power. And as you release that power, you're releasing angels. You're releasing all kinds of activity in the spiritual realm that will ultimately lead to the will of God being physically done on the earth. But, but there's a spiritual warfare. There's going to be resistance. So you need to be ready. So he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So because you are now being dangerous to the devil, he will try and come and trick you to get you to, to move off your place of prayer. He says the key is you stand. What does that mean? You're not trying to get the victory. You're standing in the victory. You're already risen far above principality and power. You're already in that place of authority. So in the intercession, you take your stand on the finished work of Christ, you take your stand in the victory that you already have and you hold your place of intercession and you pray the will of God through. Stand on the word and stand in that place of prayer. And as Daniel stood for 21 days and, the pa and Satan couldn't move him off that. And, and, and the wiles of the devil, of course, he comes to say, give up, it's not worth it, nothing's happening. And he says, stand against that. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, why does he compare it to wrestling? Because in wrestling, if you can imagine the two wrestlers in the ancient contacts, they are uh, trying to get the other one to fall down, to be tripped up. And so in wrestling, it's all about standing. You maintain your stand. The enemy is trying to trip you up. He's trying to trick you in, into giving up, to falling down. And as we take our stand, he puts pressure against us to quit. And we, all we have to do is stand. We stand in the victory. We stand in what Christ has done. And as long as we're standing, the power of God's flowing through us and the will of God is being accomplished on the earth. Say, there will be spiritual resistance because you, we are bringing the will of God to pass against spiritual resistance. But the power we're releasing, releasing is far greater. So all we have to do is stand in that place of authority. And there is a wrestling that goes on because there's a spiritual resistance that's going to come against us in that thing. But therefore, he says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Satan will try and make it look really bad, like your prayers aren't working and so on. But he says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. See, take your position of authority and stand. Um, with having your, girded, your waist girded with um, the belt of truth. Uh, basically, it's saying that the belt of truth is all the promises of God, of who we are in Christ. We're to wrap ourselves in the promises of God. And everything, or our whole armor is based on that. Who we are in Christ. All right, we, we have that tucked in. And so we are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. That's our belt of truth. We wrap ourselves in that. And then it says the breastplate of righteousness. Because Satan will attack us and try and condemn us. And we need to be covered with that knowledge that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Through Christ's righteousness, we stand before God. That's the breastplate of righteousness. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And so what that means is we are, we are sure-footed. We can only stand if we know the gospel. It's established in our heart that we're saved by grace through faith, not of our own works, that that we belong to Christ, that we are loved of God. And if we have that established in us, we can stand and we are established and we can't be tripped over. And then it says, um, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The shield of faith is something that goes out in front of you that protects you. And these are the confessions of your faith where you declare who you are in Christ and, and that God is hearing your prayers. And as you put that shield in front of you, none of his fiery darts can, can get to you so that you stop in your stand of intercession. And it says, take the helmet of salvation. The helmet is what you put over your head and mind and it's the vision of the end result. You've got to see that the, your prayer answered. You've got to see the fulfillment of your prayer. That's what you hold in your mind. That's the helmet of salvation. In Thessalonians, it's the hope of salvation. It's the vision. You, you see your prayer being answered and you rejoice in that. And then it says, um, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And as God quickens a word of God to you, you speak that word. And you can speak also to the principalities and powers. When Satan came against Jesus, Jesus answered, it is written. And so we declare the word of God. We declare the will of God. And when he attacks, we answer with, it is written. 
and we speak the word of God into that situation. And then he says, praying always with all kinds of prayer. So in other words, you've got to dress for battle. You've got to be armed. You've got to be ready to stand. You've got to be prepared for some spiritual opposition. When you pray the will of God into the earth, there will be spiritual opposition. But if you are dressed in the armor of God, Satan can't move you from your place. And now you are ready to pray with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with perseverance and supplication for the saints. And he says, pray that utterance be given to me that I might preach the gospel with boldness. In other words, we, we are praying the will of God in, into the earth. What are we doing? We're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We are releasing the power of God into the situation. We don't uh, make it our main thing to try and pull down principalities and powers from their positions because that isn't our primary job. Our job is to pray the will of God into the earth and then take our stand and don't be intimidated by any spiritual resistance. We, we take our stand in faith and we declare the will of God and the Holy Spirit flows through us and brings it to pass. Daniel could stand. You can stand in that place of prayer and declare the victory uh, in the name of Jesus. And as God leads you, you can bind. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And so those evil spirits that operate in heavenly places, yes, we can bind them. We can command them to cease in their operation against us and against the people we're praying for. We can bind them in the name of Jesus and they will be bound. And we can loose the power of God in that into that situation and it will be loosed so we can exercise our authority there uh, in that place but the main thing we do is we're praying the will of God to pass into that situation and we take our stand in the victory that Jesus has already given us as we do that we will maintain our place in the spiritual warfare as Daniel did and as a result the spiritual battle will be won <laughs> by the angels, by the Holy Spirit. And we'll pray the presence of God onto people and onto situations, onto rulers and authorities. And we will see situations change miraculously as long as we are faithful to keep our stand. And don't let the devil trick you off that position of victory that you're standing in. So you are an intercessor. Take your position in prayer and stand. Success of our Christian life is based on prayer, our prayer life. And in this series uh, of eight CDs, I go through, basing it on the Lord's Prayer, all the different principles of prayer and the different kinds of prayer that, that you need to understand about. In fact, it's not just one se uh, series of eight CDs, but we have Principles of Prayer Part 2, and Principles of Prayer Part 3, and Principles of prayer part four. So actually there's uh, 32 CDs altogether that take you all through the subject of prayer. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk 
or by calling 01865 515 086.